Double Rock, Jim Johnson, Tune into Bass Squad Radio. Thanks for listening, and don't take life so damn serious. Yes, this is Bass Squad Radio number 12. Uh, yeah, that uh, intro right there was something that I kind of made up real quick. Uh, it's my new way of starting off the podcast. Mm-hmm. That was B.O.B. Uh, with Do Anything. It uh, it's a song from like his his first or second mixtape when he was like 17 years old, and if you know that song before uh, I started the podcast or before I said that, uh, we would get along great. Um, so yeah, last time on uh, Jeremy was here, and that was just an awesome time. I thought if you haven't caught it, listen to it, or if you haven't listened to it yet, just check it out. It's number 11, Jeremy Moen. He's he's uh, he's just really cool to hear somebody that doesn't really know anything about bass fishing and. He obviously knew that, and it was it was really fun to have him on there. And we kind of got on the subject of money and talking about stuff, and you know, I don't know. I money just isn't anything to me, really. I mean, it is to a point. To I want to live comfortably, but I mean, I would much rather like just I would much rather fish and be involved in the industry or fish professionally and live kind of okay comfortably then make $100 an hour at a job that was super easy and not hard work. I mean, it, it's just so much more rewarding to do something that you love to do and just be able to live off of it. I mean, that's just what – it would just be so satisfying to me if I can ever actually make that happen. But, uh, yeah, no, to get back to that music, um, I like all, everything. B.O.B. is, like, my favorite artist. Um I don't know if you guys like his new stuff, and if you may not, that's totally understandable. But I kind of got on this conversation with a bunch of other people, like how great music is in that respect. Where even if you don't like his old stuff, to me is better. I like I like uh, "Hello, My Name Is Bob" mixtape. The No Genre mixtape is unbelievable, and a few of other songs that are kind of. But like the great thing about the music industry is that those old ones that I really, really like are never going to go away. Like, regardless of if you don't like them now, you're still always going to have those old ones to revert back to or to listen to. I, I just feel the same way with Mac Miller. Now, now he just put, he puts out just trash, and it's complete bullshit now. <laughs> I don't like anything he puts out. But kids mixtape and the um, – Best Day Ever mixtape, I, I seriously consider two of the top ten mixtapes that I've ever listened to. Like, they're, they're phenomenal, good, well, good, writ, well, <clears throat> excuse me, well-written mixtapes, well-written songs, great musically, and just all that stuff. But B.O.B. is phenomenally gifted, and that song that you just heard, he was 17 years old when he made it, so... Yeah, so just uh, nerd report. I'll find. I'll do one finally. Um, not that we really need one because I have an alien introducing the podcast. <laughs> podcast so that should be enough. But uh, yeah, Neil deGrasse Tyson just started his Cosmos series on Sunday, and I've talked about him before on the podcast, and it was nothing short of unbelievable. It. I mean, the way he has, he just has a way with explaining things, breaking things down, 
and making me feel like I'm an ant, basically. I mean, <laughs> he was doing this thing where he, I'm trying not to spoil it if you guys want to go check it out. It's on, I think he, he streams them online on Fox, pretty sure Fox.com. I don't really know, know exactly, but they're on Fox on Sundays at like 8 o'clock. But it's basically just a review of the cosmos, and he's, I, 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 I can't even believe, I can't even try to begin to explain it because, okay, so what he did was he broke down what he called the cosmic calendar, whereas January 1st would be the Big Bang at midnight, and then at 11.59, December 31st is right now. So to put that in perspective, the human race has been around for 14 seconds of that entire year calendar. And that just shows you how small and how <laughs> how little of time we've actually been here and we, how much we just don't understand. He'll, he said that, that scientists, he theorizes that scientists right now understand 4% of the universe and how it works, or 4% of the, like, natural whatever. I'm not going to get too deep into it, but, I mean, it's just, it's so cool to watch somebody that be that excited and present it that well, so... That's one thing that I was watching, and I got addicted to this new show called Meat Eater with Steve Rinella. It's on the Sportsman Network. Now, I'll put this out there. I'm not a hunter. I, I've hunted one time, and it was a complete disaster, but that was when I was younger, and I don't, don't know. If, I'll, I'll do it again. But this show is, I got turned on by Joe Rogan, and I'm obsessed with that podcast. I've told, I'm going to talk about it many more times than this. And he's, he's like one of his buddies, and he's on there a lot. He just takes hunting and there's perspective to it, just a total different level and like the camaraderie involved in it. I mean, it's, it's a lot like bass fishing in that regard where he, he's 100% addicted to it and he is 100% is his life. So that show meat eater on the sportsman network is something that you really, really should uh, consider checking out, especially if you're a hunter. I mean, I know plenty of, it's a, it's a crossover type of activity from, from bass fishing. So, but uh, yeah, the meat and potatoes of the podcast, I think I'm going to give uh, old Teddy a call. And uh, we're going to talk about college fishing because the national championship, uh, the FLW national championship was just recently. And I was talking to him about, you know, about what I should talk about on this podcast. And he brought up college fishing and we bounced off a bunch of ideas. And I'm like, you know what, just let me just give you a call. <laughs> it's not going to be. So, so I'm going to try and get him on the line real quick. Uh, yo, Teddy, you there? Yep, I'm here. Hey, welcome to Bass Squad Radio. Uh, this is just quite an honor to talk to you and a man of your stature. Oh, it's, just, it's awesome to be on the show. I'm a big fan of the podcast. I don't miss an episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you want to just introduce yourself and stuff so everybody's clear? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm Ted Johnson. I'm known as Toad Jr. on Bass Squad. Um, met Ty and Point. Of course, we're all doing the Bass Squad thing, just grinding. Um, yeah, college fishing. Uh, that's that's pretty much like we we talked about. We're gonna get into that. So <clears throat> yeah. So you want to talk about the recent, most recent national championship, uh, the FLW one, just real quick. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh, I didn't follow much last year, but this year because we had a serious point team in there, Jason Oxford and Cody Lincoln. I re I watched every way and and um. I thought it was a great national championship. I was a little apprehensive at first. I'd never heard of this lake. What is it, like 
some K-E-O-W-O-E-E or something. I wasn't sure. I'm, I, even, I'm not even sure how you pronounce that. Yeah, I've not, literally never even heard of it, which is kind of strange. I know, it, but I don't know how much I mind that for a national championship. Because you know, that does take a lot of the home water advantage out for those southern guys. I don't yeah. like getting stuck on a lake that nobody really knows. Oh yeah, when you're coming from the north. I've 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 talked about it here before, definitely. Where I have a huge problem on where the way Boat US or whoever runs it, not Cabela's, runs it now, where they it's always on Pickwick. And we I mean we've talked about that. You don't really you're not a huge fan of Louisville. <laughs> But no, no, I I think I've made it pretty clear that uh, Louisville and I don't get along. I mean, it, it well, and you know, obviously we've had different you know outcomes on there, but I, I still it sucks. The lake is terrible, but I I just love I like tough bodies of water way more than than slugfest well, like Pigwick can it, potentially be. It definitely plays into especially us coming from so far north, kind of playing our advantage. Because I remember talking to some of the Texas teams while we were down there. And, you know, none of them fished it because it was just such a terrible lake. And it did even the playing field so much more oh, for it, everybody. Well, it really did. And, you know, and the, the thing with Pickwick that I have a problem with is, is on Louisville, I was able to apply some of what I knew from, you know, Wisconsin. I mean, I know it's obviously completely different, but there's cranking on riprap and throwing shaky heads on riprap is something that I do up here. I don't ever fish ledges, and I've never done it before in my life. So on Pickwick, I'm just completely lost. And for us to, you know, us northern guys never seen the lake before, have to right, figure I mean, out where a certain rock pile is and when the dam's going to turn on is just kind of difficult. And those local guys have such an extreme advantage as, you know, than we do. That we, we mean, we don't have much of a chance. I don't think. Well, I wouldn't say we have much of a chance. I, I know. I, it's, Don Murray, I was fishing a herring bite, which I've never done before in my life, and did okay on it, but I mean, yeah, but yeah. I mean, as far as absolute, uh, I mean, I I've never done that before. I've never encountered that ever again. It's I'm, I mean, it's it was absolute learning on the fly, right? Um, but and, and you know, up around here, it's natural lakes or rivers. Yeah, you, know, you don't get kind of like that reservoir style, and you know, it's, you remember, you talk about fishing the creek channel. You know, there, there are no creek channels around here. Right, you know, it's just main lake basin and flats. Well, yeah, and. Well, it, I don't know. It, it's kind of, I guess I don't want to say that it's not, it's a complete disadvantage. We have no chance because if we all do what we end up wanting to do as far as fishing professionally, obviously we're going to run into that. But at that point, we don't, we're not in school anymore and we're not, we have time to go down there and, and learn those techniques that we don't, we definitely won't be able to figure out. Until, I, I just don't know. I, I like, I like the way it, it used to be where it's, well, I like the way that FLW does it way more where they move it around and, Stuff like that, right? But. And I like that 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 FLW doesn't follow the uh, former Everstarts now Rayovacs so strictly either, right? Because in the past, I mean, the, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep calling the Everstarts because that's what I know them as. Most people know yeah, them as. That's fine. Is, um, I mean, it was the same schedule almost every year. Change maybe one or two lakes, right? And I like that you know where there's very little repeat from year to year. I mean, Lake of the Ozarks is generally pretty standard, but this year FLW is not doing Lake of the Ozarks. They're on Table Rock instead. Yeah. So, I mean, it is. So, as opposed to, you know, get the Boy U.S. style, where it's, I mean, it's the Pickwick for the championship, Kentucky Lake for the four-man, and then you've got some small school open, like, like the Dardanelle. They've got, you know, the Southern uh, the southern Circuit, which I don't even think we can fish being as far north no, as No, no, we can't. 
Yeah, well, to bring us back to kind of where I wanted to go to, where we kind of got off a little off topic, which is probably going to happen again. But so uh, Minnesota won, which was awesome, even though we're Wisconsinites. I mean, it still is cool seeing someone from that far north win the national championship finally. I mean, it's been it's never happened before. No, I mean, as painful as it was to see the Gophers holding the trophy. I mean, the, formerly the, the furthest north that had won was uh, two years ago with Ryan Patterson on uh, Kansas State. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was the furthest north, and I don't consider Kansas really part of the mid upper. You know, there, I hardly consider them the Midwest. Right. Well, no. The upper Midwest. Yeah, it, it, it's really cool. And, you know, Especially considering we're continuing. I mean, not. I don't want to try to play a pity party here because I'm not. I'm totally not for that because obviously the best angler of all time is from the north. But we got yeah. we got we're not at 100 percent. We're not at advantage at all down there. And I'm trying to do this thing with northern versus southern anglers because I remember when Adam and I took fifth. It was number one was. Uh, UC Central Florida, and then number two mm-hmm. was who was even number two? Arkansas Pine Bluff, and then Louisiana Monroe, and then there was another team that was from Arkansas, and it's just like you know, and then we're from Wisconsin, and it was just kind of, it's pretty telling that happens continuously, especially on those lakes down south, and oh, and, time. and it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't speak to who's better or not. I don't, I don't want to get into that because it's not one or the other it's not apples and oranges it's two different totally different fishing styles and i don't know it's 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 definitely different because when we come up here it's not like we dominate up here when they come up here you know what i mean it's right it's it's sort of the same but there's just just, there's more volume of anglers down there i believe i mean obviously it's true but as far as right i mean you look at teams from the upper middle even competing we're so outnumbered Right. I mean, that's, I mean, that plays a pretty big role. But in FLW, we tend to get our fair representation just because of the divisions. Oh, yeah. No, that's, def- that's definitely nice. So that's definitely nice. Oh, right. And, you know, it is, it's crazy to, you know, those guys down there, and, and once again, I'm not talking any shit about anybody down there. It's not, it's, I don't want it to come off as that, and I completely don't mean that at all. I don't mean to, but it speaks total volumes to the quality of anglers those Minnesota kids were because they were, not even fish. I mean, they weren't fishing. They haven't been fishing for six months, five months, and then they go down and win a tournament. I mean, that's just awesome. I, and, and I don't think those guys from down south really have the, quite the appreciation that we don't get to fish for five months, and for us to just not fish and all of a sudden go down there and win a tournament like that is just—it's just huge. It speaks major quality. And you know, one of the guys, right? Do you want to give him a shout out quick? Well, I don't—I don't know him personally, but I know all of them, and I've—I've I've heard a lot of good things about him. Uh, Austin Felix. Okay. I know. I think he runs his own kind of fishing blog. Okay. Type deal. And I've read up on some of his stuff. I've followed him a little bit. He seems like he he seems really legit. Yeah. He seems like he knows exactly oh, what to talk about. Yeah. I mean, kudos. I mean, those guys because they end up beating out Nick Ladart from yeah. Chief, that guy know, and I, I've I've uh, even mentioned him because he was the one who helped me out when my truck blew up and ran Rayburn. He's a really really nice kid. He's he he's a phenomenal angler. That guy is. Just, <laughs> I've, I've been beaten by him many, many times. 
No, it, it was kind of heartbreaking to see. He had such a good first day. And oh, yeah. Oh, no. He had a limit, but only for eight pounds. I knew he, won, he was leading day one, or that ULM. Yeah. I, don't want to discount, I don't want to discount his partner at all, because I don't really know his partner, so I don't want to yeah, start saying Nick Ladart did all these things, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah, that's true. I suppose but, I was his partner. I'd be like, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. It, it just, I mean, you and I have been through it a million times where well, – I don't want to say fishing shape, but it's definitely something strange to go from not fishing for four months or five months, whatever it may be, and then jumping right into a marathon where you're fishing for five straight days, and it's and then you're done, and you know, it, it, so I don't know. It's quite impressive with that. Uh, well, I remember, I remember, one, I, I think it was uh, two years ago. I, when I went pre-fishing for Murray for the FLW National Championship, the first time I picked up a baitcaster right. for four months, and I I just I made the, my first cast, and I I've never seen a backlash that bad in my entire oh, yeah. life. Oh yeah, it's it's rough. It was just it was just like part of me just being excited to be out in South Carolina, yeah. Now, but just not using it. Even yeah, I mean, last time I fished was October, but you know, but, but when I get that cold, it's all spinning around, and you hardly even chuck, chucking one. It's, oh yeah, no, I. <laughs> I, it's definitely a challenge to go down there. I mean, and you haven't been, you haven't, there's no, I mean, there's no on the water time. You haven't spent time on the water in four or five, five, five right. months. Right, and that's just, it's it decision making is just off and everything is just not the same. But I mean, in, in kind of playing devil's advocate to that, you know, we get in the groove, I don't know about that's devil's advocate, but we get in, get in the groove fairly quickly. It's kind of straight. I mean, it is still like riding a bike. You're going to be rough for a couple pedals and then you'll be like oh that's right this is what you do i forgot and then you're right back into it which is kind of you know i mean you understand you know what i'm saying yeah i do i think i think one advantage that does come from being up north and not being able to fish is your whole focus yep. once you qualify for the national championship is on that one lake totally agree. that one weekend and that's all you spend all your energy on well adam as opposed yeah. to Definitely. Oh, I, I, Adam Casey and I were, were kind of talking when we were in on Gunnersville, and we were talking about like, I don't think those guys quite. I mean, we're pretty crazy as far as hardcore goes, and I don't know if I'd be that insane if I wasn't just jonesing for four months out of the year where I'm just not doing anything except for reading and doing all this. If, you know, I definitely don't mind the break at first because it is. I mean, when I when the lakes on when lakes thaw out, we're on the water every single day, and we I mean it's oh, yeah. legit. And them guys are down on the water, so they're not going to be as insane. Like, oh, I can't wait to get back on the water as soon as they're done. So like their winter, there's never really a winter where they have like a appreciate what you have while it's here type of type of mindset. I guess you know what I mean. Well, I'd absolutely agree with that. I think, you know, you look at some of the guys down down south going, hey, man, I wish it was spring. I wish it was spring. Like, if your lakes aren't frozen, what are you waiting for spring for? Right. <laughs> get, 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 get up there and go fishing. I mean, I fish up until November. I mean, uh, uh, until my boat's frozen to my trailer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah and, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's I, – yeah, and, and I agree with you, too. As far as, you know, especially when, when we were fishing the college stuff, you know, we had such a grueling fall. I mean, we'd have turns back to back to back to back. Yep. And it is kind of nice, especially after all summer of grinding it out, to oh. take a break of just a breather for for 30 days and yeah. not have to worry about stressing about a tournament or whether you're going to have enough money to put in your gas tank oh, or your boat. Absolutely. And then it, it, but that 30 days when it stretches to 
four months, five months is just just completely ridiculous. And then you got most yeah, of the state like most of the state doesn't even have an open fishing season, which is just completely stupid. I don't. I, I mean. When we were whacking them in March on the Wisconsin River system, which is open, it I can't even believe that none of the other lakes were able, you're not allowed to bass fish, where it's just completely, I, I don't know, I just don't agree with that. I don't know what they're protecting or what they're trying to protect. It's, I think it's, it's an archaic rule. It's, it's kind it really of like is. how Wisconsin hung on to no calling for such a long time. Yeah. It's a rule that's just been in effect for so long up here, and it's so hard, and and you know, anything in politics to change anything is just takes forever. It's an you know arm and a leg to get anything well, done. And yeah, especially yeah, like you said, like you're involving the government at that point, and, and it's just like I don't know. Yeah, we, we uh, have, it's think, not just the DNR. You have to change the laws. And oh stuff. yeah, no, I yeah, and and I mean we we for we I don't think they quite get the bass fishing yet up here. Like it's not quite like understood like it is down down south. Where we have such total reverence for that fish that I just don't, I, I can't believe that it's like, oh, no culling because you go kill it. Well, I don't get that. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, Minnesota still has that law. I mean, Propelnik got screwed because of that. Yeah, and, I was, was just saying, go, go ask Brendan Propelnik if they still have that rule. Yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it's just like you can keep five fish and take them home and kill them and eat them, but you can't throw back one that's completely fine and alive and bass fishermen have so improved the waters up here and it's just like hunting the deer population in wisconsin is insane and the amount of trophy bucks being harvested every year is just unbelievable and it wasn't like that before hunting became more mainstream and more you know awareness it's not we don't hate the fish we're not going to put pollute the waters we're not going to Screw up. The, I mean, I don't know. It is such a ridiculous rule that we have a closed fishing season for game fish. I just can't believe that. Yeah, I don't know. I suppose we should probably hop on the top, the back of the top of your couch fishing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I got – when we were talking about rule changes – I got to get you off your ADD a little bit. Yeah, well, it's not going to happen. But rule changes <laughs> – like, FLW changed their rules. Um, we've we've – uh, I mean, we've I've been here since for what six five years ago, five and a half years ago, and it was just totally different than what it is now. I don't know if you want to explain kind of like how we can both kind of bounce back and forth as to what it was back in the day. Well, back in the day for FLW, they had the four qualifiers and then a regional, and the top five from every qualifier qualified for the regional, and the top five for the regional go to the championship. And the championship is only like twenty five teams. Yep. And they would supply you your own boat, but I, I obviously you can watch the payouts. FLW they just don't have as much money to throw around. So now it's the top fifteen teams from three qualifiers go to the regional, and then the top I think it's the top fifteen or ten. I think unless it's fifteen again, then go to the national championship to make it a fifty boat field. But you have to bring your own boat the whole step of the way. Yeah, I, I like Which that. I, I mean, I don't mind. I do, and I do, and I don't. Because remember when we found out that Adam and I could go down to Kentucky Lake a day and a half before we went down to Kentucky Lake and fished that tournament uh, yep. four years ago or three years ago, whatever it was. I mean, we would have never taken our boat down there to go. We drove ten hours to get there. We got there, fished for eight, and then weighed in and drove back home and another ten hours. And then it was just a ten, eight, ten, just straight trip. We would have never done that if yeah. we had to take a boat down there. 
you know, it was only because we could save gas money and, and stuff like that. So I, I kind of agree and disagree. I, I like that there's the option now, but I still think that they should let, you know, those, but obviously they don't, they don't follow the ever starts anymore. So I don't know. Yeah, and, and, and the one cool thing about going to the regionals and national championships, you get to drive around a brand new Ranger with a 250. That was kind of sweet. Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's not every day. So we hand you the keys to a 2000, whatever, you know, 14, 13 Ranger. And says, go have at it. Just don't break it. Yeah. You know, that was, so that, that, that's pretty cool. But even then, you know, it's, of course, you know, me being kind of a gearhead, the first thing I want to do once they hand me the keys, I want to mess around with the jack plate, swap out props. But yeah. I guess they frowned on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, me, me at, working on Larry, Larry Nixon's boat, he's going to fish out of next week. <laughs> but the, the pros can <laughs> deal with that. But. Uh, yeah. Well, and that's not even the rule changes I was even talking about. When you brought that up, I was, Thank you. I thought you were going to talk about the old like three fish per or what is it three fish per person rule, which was just oh, the so old, dumb. Old. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that, I don't know. Was, that got changed. Yeah, right. I think, like but four these, years ago. Remember these youngins that are listening to it now are probably eighteen, nineteen, and don't have any idea what yeah, that. I have what it no was? Idea. What that it was was the stupidest thing ever written. Yeah. Well, what it was was you had two anglers in the boat, and each guy had to catch three fish. So if one of your anglers caught twenty fish. He could only weigh in three of his best, and then the other guy only caught one. You would only weigh in four fish for the day, which is just so dumb. I mean, if anybody's ever fished a team tournament, I've, I'd be glad to watch my partner catch five five-pounders because if he's in the front of the boat, he's going to get first crack at everything. And obviously, if the guy in the back or the guy in the front who's having an off day, I mean, that's what the partner's there for, especially when they're young kids doing that. It just makes no sense as to why... I guess I guess I kind of see their point, but it just it just missed the mark completely. And you know, our buddies got screwed by that. And then they had even the wor- a worse rule for tie breaking. Casey and Joe, yeah. you remember the Mississippi River tournament? Yep. So Casey and Joe, Casey the CK, the guy that he's part of Bass Squad, and then Joe Marty, he's actually fishing for Mississippi State now. He's in graduate school down there, and. So we had a Mississippi River tournament on Fort Madison, and it was a difficult day. A tough, it was really tough. I think the hurt, whatever the, some huge storm whipped through it, and it just flooded everything and screwed everything up completely on Fort Madison pool. And so Casey and Joe, Joe caught four or five fish, I think, and Casey only caught one. And Kansas State, I think it was Kansas State, and UWSP tied with eight pounds five ounces each. And the reason Kansas State won is they don't weigh big bass in FLW. So the reason Kansas State won because the lower the, the, the partner with the lower amount of weight, whoever's was higher was the tiebreaker. So like Kansas State's guy, I think each guy caught two fish, and I think the guy caught like the lowest lower weight was three pounds, two ounces, and Casey's was only like two pounds, eight ounces, and that's why they they ended up winning and not UWSP, they didn't split it and tie. That was just, I mean, I don't know. That just makes no sense to me. You might as well flip a coin at that point. Well, I actually, they kind of do that. I think that when they changed that, I think the tiebreaker after that was whoever registered first. That's ridiculous. I mean, I I don't, I'm almost positive. That's Then they got rid of, well, because yeah, for a one-day tournament, I think the tiebreaker still is who registered first. <laughs> And I, I could be wrong, I, but for some reason that sticks in my head. Yeah. And for for like 
for the three-day tournaments, it's whoever, I think it's whoever has the biggest single-day weight. Which, which is fine. Which, which makes sense. Which is fine. If they're not going to weigh big bass, that's the next best thing to do. And but I mean, like, yeah, if it comes down to who registered first, I mean, and it, for those of you who haven't tried to register for an FLW college tournament, it's basically 100 college kids sitting at a laptop watching their watches until, like, 10 in the morning. Yeah. And then <laughs> registering as fast as you can and hoping you get in the top 40. Well, yeah, and I just don't, I, uh, I that's just still angers. I mean, that's ended up ultimately costing EWSP, what, three, four grand? If they wouldn't have just split the yeah the payup were different back then. But I think first place was still the ten grand. It was ten grand. I think we got twenty five hundred. I think it was ten. That bad, huh? I think it, uh, it might have been ten and then five and then twenty five. So it, you're talking. But if I they think just, back in the day they used to split it fifty fifty between the school and the club, though. Well, right, but that's what I'm, I'm just saying it. it yeah, so twenty five hundred would have gone to the club, which I think is is, is the number you're thinking of. No, no, no. What I'm thinking of is if what they should have done, in my opinion, if they're not going to have a legit tiebreaker, is take first and second, pull the money, split it in half. So each club would have Agreed. gotten 7,500, and then we would have ultimately gotten 1,250 or 1,275 more. You know what I mean? Towards our club. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, it completely just that was pretty impressive math. Just doing it in my head. I can't believe I just did That's that. That's not bad. But I, uh, I tell you what, <laughs> huh? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a Logan Bliss reference. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so you're going down to the Ozarks. When are you guys leaving? Uh, I am leaving by myself the 21st. Okay. Um, I'm having Jody, my tournament partner, he's getting a ride down with another team because he can't miss that much school. Okay. Apparently, I decided that I can. <laughs> I just I just decided I was going to miss that whole week of school. Um, but I'm actually leaving the week before during our spring break. Then okay. I'll be down there for a week before that tournament. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so what, what's, is that the, what uh, trail is that? I don't even. That's, uh, it's, it, was for, it used to be called the Merc Bass. It is, it's basically the, the BASS okay, the College. B I think it's Carhartt. Series. Carhartt. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. It used to be Merck. Now it's a Carhartt. Yeah, yeah. Series. Sweet. Yeah, no, that's. Uh, so, do you wanna? <laughs> we had a little heated conversation before we started, and I wanted to uh, cut you off because you seem to be making some good points, and I kind of like the initial emotion of that's the reason why I do this. And like you're talking about, they're pretty much the, the censorship and stuff. I we I'm not gonna. You you had you were touching on it. About censorship. Yeah, I mean, not not profanity censorship, but right. What happens, and I, I see what happens is, is when you go out of these college tournaments, there isn't there isn't an entry fee, which is awesome. It's great. It's all sponsor money that funds it all. Which, if you ask college anglers, I think you and I can agree is, is just an amazing opportunity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, ultimately, we spend money more than we would if we weren't fishing, but. So much of it is covered by one the school, oh, big time. by one the school, and two all the people that sponsor the events, which is, you know, it's unbelievable. It's so nice to me that I was able to do that. And I would have never, I'd probably never be doing this to be honest if it wasn't for college fishing. So we don't want to sit here and make, you know, 
them look like the bad guys at any point because it's not. I, I totally agree with college fishing, but you know, you want to just keep going then? Well, the only issue with that is because they have put all the, mon- the money in, they get to kind of control what gets, what is in the press release, and they control what you can and cannot wear. Right. Like, I'm not even sure I can even wear our basketball hoodie right. on stage well, at Lake of the Ozarks. Yeah. I, I don't think I can. No, you can wear a hat. That's it. Yep. So, so, I, we need to get hats. Yeah, yeah, we will. But, <laughs> um, no, but, um, because I remember you and I were down at Tickwick when it was the Big Bass Bash right, for the right. for the uh, Bull US series. Yeah. And plain as day, the guy who we had Big Bass at the event said right on stage into the microphone, he caught it on a sweet beaver. Right. A week later on the press release, of course, because Berkeley is a big name sponsor, he caught it on a sugar crop. Right. Yeah, I, and, I do remember that. And it does, the problem, I mean, not, this isn't a big problem, but I think what kind of shies away or makes other companies who can't be a big name sponsor shy away from sponsoring some college teams is even if they do sponsor a team and they do win, it's so hard to get any yeah. recognition. And, and I 100% because agree with gonna, that. You're going to get gobbled up by these big companies control everything. You know, what, what, you, what gets released, what's in the write-up, what's in the magazine. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. And you know what? I, I mean, the thing is though is I'm gonna make a quick, quick uh, reference, real quick on the computer so I don't forget it because I know I'm gonna tangent off. But, um, the thing is is that like that's how the industry is though at, at its core, kind of. Like I've spoken about it before, especially on that YouTube video that I made about the product placement and stuff like that. It, yeah. it really. We know that. Skeet Reese doesn't always use pit bosses, but he's going to say he does because of his sponsorships. And I know it's not the same thing at all at the point of what you were making, but it, it kind of geared that way. And one, in some way, it's getting us a little bit ready for that, I think. I don't think that's their intention, but it is kind of getting us ready for that. You know what I mean? They kind of ask you softball questions and stuff like that. And But what you're saying is, I understand too, is I just can't believe that Right, like like no company can to stand a chance. I mean, if it's not a, a conglomerate and they're sponsoring the whole uh, whole event, right? Which I mean, and some college students have personal sponsors too, right? Which makes it even harder, right? Because they can't fishing team to fit, but without a personal sponsor, good God, don't don't even. Hello. You know, it's, it's not. Yep. Yeah. It's sorry. not going to get on there. Right. Well, then you got to you got to fight with your school sponsors and then the overall sponsors. So you might as well not even. And it's not like college fishing is this Super Bowl, you know, thing. The chances of even people hearing about it are pretty slim. I mean. Right. And then you got to jump through the college and you know, it's college fishing is kind of which is kind of unfortunate is if you're not somewhere involved in college fishing, it's it, a lot. It does kind of. Doesn't get as followed as strongly right. as it Right, and I don't want to get into the doom and gloom of everything, but like, you know what I mean? It, it it's not like it's not like the pro bass fishing, which is not that mainstream. And then you got this, which is even less mainstream. And then you got all these hoops to jump through. So therefore, you really, really shy people, really companies, especially smaller ones, shy away from even sponsoring a team, let alone an event. You know? Right. So, but I mean, but for as much 
bad as we have talked, I think we do have to end this with our preface and say it still is an amazing opportunity. Oh, yeah, no, and that's what I'm saying. I'm not trying to sit here and talk about that, and it is, it is an unbelievable opportunity. There's plenty of people that are that are doing that and that are, that are making names for themselves now, especially a couple of years. I mean, I'm still waiting for that Jordan Lee type of thing where he wins the classic or a, a prominent college angler, if you want to put it in air quotes, will win a major right. event or a major tour level win. But no, what I was going to say before is that the great thing about podcasting and social media and stuff like that is that's starting to become a secondary way of where, where there's no control over what you post. Like, so it is really good. It's, that's a new opportunity for people to promote their stuff. And you talked about that on that, you know, 30 percenters YouTube video. But I think like a mm-hmm. podcast, we, we can go out and get, do whatever we want. We would get a couple sponsorships and say what we want to say or, or personal things that we want to say. And that's just really cool that we have outlets like that nowadays in the digital age. Oh, big time. Otherwise, yeah, I mean, you could write letters to FLW and, uh, you know, until your hand fell off, but they're still not going to actually publish what you caught it on. Right, exactly, which is, <laughs> yeah. And, but, you know, oh, yeah. but if you tweet it, everybody right. knows. Right, and, well, yeah, you're, yeah, and then your followers know, and then they retweet stuff, and it's like that's that's just a new, it's a new wave of, of everything, which is really, really awesome, and I'm so pumped to continue doing this. And, you know, it all stems from college fishing, so... I mean, right? You're you wouldn't yeah. be anywhere if it wasn't for college fishing. I mean, truthfully, neither would I. And now it's like well, we're sitting here doing this and con- doing all this stuff, and it, it, it all stems from it. And you know the coolest part about it too is you talk about some of these guys that I I washed the weigh-ins for you. And I'm like, hey, I know that guy. I sat next to him at the banquet at Louisville. Right. Or, yeah, hey, him, yeah, he was in front of me at the weigh tank. We were talking football. You know, because he was from, you know, because he was a Cowboys fan and I was a Packers fan. We were talking smack, you know. It's it's just, it's interesting, you know, they make those connections and that's what I think the biggest thing about college fishing that gets, not not enough, doesn't get recognized enough is how cool it is to meet all these different people. Well, yeah. And then then you add on top of it all the pros you get to, interact with and and stuff like that but but you know what you build a core group of people you build that you know relationship on concrete and then let's say 50% of those people make it big and then if you're one of them you guys have a a camaraderie a crazy bind a bond together and then you're doing all that stuff like they are right now like those guys that are fishing professionally right now where I think it's Mm going to be just like a baby boomer type of New wave is going to eventually plow through, and I think college fishing is going to be right there. I think it's going to be college fishermen. I'm waiting for it yet, but it's it's coming. I mean, you you got to. Oh yeah, and and probably too. I mean, college fishing is still at infancy. Oh yeah, I, I mean, mean, how how long has it been? Almost seven years. Well, it was two years, three years before I started. So yes, eight years. This is the eighth. And so, I mean, you expect. And the first three yeah, were think... were kind of rinky dink tournaments still where people had, you know, I don't want to say, right. you know, bad boats, but, you know, it's, it was, wasn't the greatest boats, and there was 20 colleges, and there were no jerseys, and there was hardly any TV coverage, and now it's just like there's so many outlets and so many crazy things because of it. What? And not to mention you have a shot at the Classic, and, and oh. all the fours were top. 
Right, which is which is which is pretty cool. <laughs> I'd say. I mean, this is to be honest, one of the one of the reasons I came back for school this year. I really kind of had my two majors wrapped up was the fish this tournament because this is my last year of eligibility. And I said, you know, this is the one shot. You know, this is probably my best shot at ever making the Classic this young, so I'm going to have to take it. Right. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I... Hence the reason that, that I'm going to skip class for a week after spring, spring well, break, yeah. too. I mean, you throw 300 grand. What are you going to do? Yeah, who's going to care about that? So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, we, uh, we... I don't know if you checked our email. We didn't get any emails for questions, right? Question. No, I didn't. I didn't see anything. Yeah. So, so you guys, please stop not doing. You know, please, please help us. <laughs> I. Uh, um. Yeah. Well, there's out one. Of, one. Out of pity, help us. Out yeah. Of pity. Out of pity, we keep this free. So you guys wanna wanna support us? Give us stuff to talk about, and you can see how many tangents we go off of. And I have three things written down right in front of me, and what I wanted to cover, and we've been talking for, which doesn't seem like a lot. Thirty-three minutes already. And uh, I wanted you to, well, this is a, this is my one of my favorite stories. I don't know if you want to tell a different one, but I remember driving behind you uh, at like 4.30 in the morning going to Winnicott. So the Winnicott. Oh. Yeah. You want to you wanna throw that story out there, and then I'll tell it from my perspective after you're done? From what? Why don't you go first? I think I know what you're talking about, but I'm not 100% sure on it yet. The uh, last year, your Tahoe had a little bit of a, uh, Substance on the wind on the hood after a while. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'll I'll tell that story. So you know, it was Sunday morning, and um, we we're driving to the tournament. You know, it, it, we got to play early because it's in the spring. It's winter kind of. They're gonna be when you the bowl lunch is gonna be really crowded. So I mean, we're yeah, that only about like forty five minutes away. So we left at four thirty for miles for what a seven o'clock takeoff. Yeah, and I'm half asleep. And I'm, I'm kind of driving, I've got a uh, cruise control, and my partner Jody's there, and we're kind of talking and talking, and I'm, you know, messing around with the radio, and Jody just starts, just screams, dear! And I'm going, and cause I look up, and I yelled a bunch of words I'm not going to say on this podcast, <laughs> land on the brakes, and I hit that dough, I bet you it. 68 mile an hour. Right on the brush and, guard. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I had, luckily I had a brush guard. It was a big, big, beefy one too, but I mean, it was just deer and then poof, just gone. <laughs> I had no idea where the actual deer was. So, you know, we pulled over and one well, we were checking around and we're like, God, I wonder where that deer went. So we looked underneath the boat and stuff, like, oh, well, we must have ran it over. But we start driving, and then Jody looks out the passenger window, and you can see the head of this doe dragging underneath the truck, and he pulls it over again. <laughs> yeah, there's a flood trail right behind the truck. <laughs> and then Jody gets out of the truck, and you know he's he's a big hunter, and I don't hunt a lot. I don't. I'm not big in the blood and guts and stuff. And Jody just says, "Don't look." And he's sitting there yanking on what's left of this gelatinous deer mass under my truck. It got, it got pinned in my tie rod, so he's, like, yanking on this thing, and I don't know to puke in the driver's seat. Oh, my God. All you can smell is just deer pee, and it was terrible. Yeah, well, then, of course, I'm watching this behind you and this whole thing happening. 
I didn't see the actual hit, but I saw, <laughs> I, I remember watching behind you, and also I see like you do like a, your truck does like a little fishtail, your your thing, and the brake lights go on, and I just see deer hair flying all over the place, and I'm just like, oh Jesus! And then I see you pull over, and there's just a blood trail. Well, what you forgot was is you pull over, and then both you guys stuck your heads out and looked, and then you kept driving. And then Jody heard something, and he's like, dude, I think the head smacked on the ground. So then he pulled over, and then he went and yanked it out. And, of course, from a distance, it looks ten times funnier because you guys are just struggling with yourselves and ripping a deer out from your car. <laughs> and then you had deer hair in your boat all day. Deer hair in your boat all day, and there was just a big blood stain on your white Tahoe. And you had it sitting at the at the launch, just blood all over it all day. And and the funniest thing was, especially living in Wisconsin, and we don't you see that people didn't even ask or write anything on your truck or do anything. It was just like, oh yeah, there's a blood covered car, and then that was it. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean it was like I pulled in the quick trip, and of course it's getting this light on now. I'm looking around, and I I I didn't even put on a headlight, and I was like, okay, fine, I'm not even gonna call call my insurance guy company. Yeah, yeah. Well, then, you know, smoking those at 68 miles an hour pulling a boat. I stepped on the brakes, and I didn't hardly stop at all. Oh, yeah, no. Too much momentum going. Well, there was, well then you got the, the, the walleye anglers clearly don't care about anything except for walleyes when that when that run is on. And it's just... Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you can honestly... Yeah. I don't know if anybody has seen the video of uh, of Pickwick when the Elite Series were there, and Height won on the uh, the Hollow Valley when he was casting at the Rock, and there was like six boats up there, and that huge, and everybody's like, wow, they're fishing right on top of each other. You have not seen anything quite like a Winnicani white bass or walleye run, <laughs> and you grew up there, so I don't even know it as well as you do. It's just absolutely madness out there. Uh, it's... There, I mean, you could, you, I mean, and, and people use the expression all the time, well, you can walk across the river from boat to boat. Literally, these boats will anchor then tie themselves to each other <laughs> and leave one trail where, where, like, a single boat can drive through. Yeah. It's, and if, if you want if you want to launch a boat, God forbid that you get there any later than 8 o'clock, you're going to have to park a mile away. I mean, well, this river, the Wolf River, if you get up in it, I mean, it's not very wide. I mean, it at the widest point, what time, maybe... 30, 40 yards across. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean more than that. I think it's like more a million like boats on it. probably like 150, 200, but it just looks short because, you know, but, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's ridiculous. And then, you know, that those, those Loza Wolf River tournaments are, are absolutely hilarious in the spring. I mean, oh, we, we, we've had our run-ins with, with, uh, well, I witnessed one run-in with you. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I try to talk talk about that one. All right, well, we'll we'll leave that on yeah. the podcast. You guys can g- get your imagination. Well, yeah, I'll, uh, I can I, I can fit the you know, and I uh, I was coming. I was really I grew I grew up bass fishing the wolf. So I, of course, when we had our point tournament there, I you know I'm like, you know, it's kind of like the home field curse where if you win, everyone goes, yeah, you should have won. And if you lose, it goes, well, what the heck happened? Well, I was having a bad day where I knew I was going to lose. And I was just mad. I was just, and I was coming around this corner, and it's a blind corner. And I knew, I should have known, I should have slowed down, gotten off pad, but I didn't see any boats. And I bet you I hit that corner at about 60 miles an hour, and I get on the corner, and there are like 12 boats in about a (laughs) 30-yard stretch. And I'm like, I'm like, Jody, we can't come off pad, so I just tinder again. 
And I bet you, I, I just totally swindled this flat bottom. <laughs> I mean, so that's the best way to put it. I, I Gerald swindled it. And I, I come off pad just probably about 20 yards down, and here comes this old river rat coming just barking at me, just soaked in water. And I'm watching I this whole thing it. happen. <laughs> so I was fishing the, I just up the river where Ted was did this whole thing, and I'm watching this whole thing happen. I'm like, what in the hell did Ted do? <laughs> No, and I was, I was, oh, I felt so bad because as soon as it happened, I just, my, just, my heart sank, and I went, oh man, that is, there's no defending that. That was oh, right. Bad. I mean, the thing is, is, I mean, people don't know it, it. What we're saying really doesn't even do it justice. Like it is seriously like fishing a trout stream, and there's boats everywhere. Yeah, it, it, it's nuts. I mean, it, I mean, it's like you know, you talk about like down south, you have creeks. Like no, this is like a like in my southern voice, a creek. This yeah. is legitimately like a creek. I mean, yeah. it is, in some points, it's as wide as just a city street. And then and you got it, three boats yeah. across it it's because just, people obviously want to fish the river. Mission, the fish out there in the spring. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, that was, those are those are two funny things. Dude, today, okay, so in Alabama, we were driving back from Gunnersville, and I had my truck topper on, and all of a sudden, of course, you know Adam and how he reacts. I got to get him on the podcast just to hear people reaction to how Adam talks and uh, yeah, so, so me and Casey I'm driving Casey's uh in the passenger seat and it's like we're like an hour and a half away from the house all of a sudden Adam is turns around and he goes dude pull over pull over now and I'm like what what, what? And I was freaking out so I pull over Adam jumps out of the car without saying anything so like I have no idea what's going on he jumped into the back all of the like clamps that were holding my topper on and were sh- shook off somehow and we just didn't notice <laughs> so we're on the freeway I hear about that. So, yeah so we're on the freeway and all, my whole topper is just must have been <laughs> rattling for like I don't even know how long honestly it was ridiculous right? so I'm just like oh my god could you imagine if that flew I mean, it's like 350 pounds it's a fiberglass. Oh, yeah. So, like, it's 350 pounds. If that would have flew off, we would have smashed the boat. That could have killed somebody. Oh, yeah. All of our rods would have flew out of the water. Or out of the, out of the back out of the, of the water, truck. Huh? Yeah, out of, out of the truck bed. And it would have decimated any car coming behind it. Because once that thing catches air, it slows down pretty significantly, and that car would just smash right into it. So, oh, yeah. so today, I'm <laughs> driving home from work, and I took a turn real hard, and the damn thing flew off. <laughs> and I'm not even joking. So I'm driving, and I'm just like, oh my god! I had a green light, and I, and I, you know, I, I drive, so like I, I took the turn pretty hard, and I just didn't. So the thing must have rattled off again, and uh, so it flew off into the middle of the road, and a car is coming behind me, and just slams on his brake. It's the guy's truck. He pulls over, and I pull over. I'm just like, I, my hand's on my head, and I'm just like freaking out. And the guy's like, dude, are you okay? What just happened? So then he, he helped me slide the thing back on, and he had a Tackle Warehouse hat on, actually, which is very surprising. Oh, no, no, <laughs> so he's a bass that, fisherman. That is the brotherhood, the yeah. bass fishing brotherhood. Yeah, and so and needless to say, um, I took it off, and it's for sale if you guys want to look for it on Craigslist. Trouble. It's on Craigslist. I got my truck top for sale. <laughs> if you guys want to go. And we'll deliver to Alabama, too. Yeah, we'll deliver anywhere. But, yeah, that was my story of the day. Yeah, yeah, I can't top that one. All right, dude. But, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I think uh, 
I think we talked about quite a bit of stuff. It was 45 minutes of, of solid bass fishing talk, and I'll uh, post it up, and hopefully people listen to it, man. Thanks a lot for uh, stopping by, hanging out, talking fishing. Obviously, it's, I don't want to twist your arm too hard. Yeah, I was going to it's not like we haven't spent hours doing, doing it at a clip. Oh, yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, yeah, I'm going to end it up right now. So uh, say peace out to everybody. I'm going to end the podcast right now. We'll, we'll see you later, Bass Squad Nation. <laughs>